I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. Well, we are two days removed from the Matt Canada news. He is here to stay for at least another season. What does that mean for the Steelers? Was it a good decision? I think the fans have spoken heavily on that you'll get our thoughts what it means for the Steelers offense moving forward plus a higher in Cleveland that uh that might be a little concerning with their personnel we're going to dive into that and if that's a worry for the Pittsburgh Steelers but first it is a dark oh it's raining it's always raining anymore it's never not raining day here in Pittsburgh I think it's supposed to snow this weekend that's always phenomenal how you feeling my friend doing all right man I got a flight later so I'm uh I'm rushing around a little bit, but I'm excited. I'm going to L.A. for the first time, first time on the West Coast. So it's going to be a interesting experience for the boy. What are you uh, what are you looking for? What do you expect out of L.A.? I've never been to L.A. So what do you expect out of L.A.? You expect it to be a bunch of movie stars, Hollywood, pure Hollywood? I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of going in with no expectations. I, I'm excited to, to be with a bunch of my buddies. One of my one of my guys is getting married. Um, here Beautiful. in a couple months, so we're going there for a bachelor party. So, celebrating love a little bit, but uh, no, I'm excited. We're also going to see. I probably the probably I guess the thing I'm most excited about is we're going to see a Lakers game on Friday night. Oh, so that's dope! They play, yeah, they're playing the Grizzlies, so uh, get to see Bron. I'm not a huge Bron guy, but I, I do appreciate greatness. So I, I love watching John Morant too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Oh, Grizzly. Yeah, John Moran would be fun to watch. LeBron's fun to watch. Of course, you're not a LeBron fan. Uh, no Duke yeah. fan would be a LeBron fan. That's just how that works. You just, you probably like, I don't know. You probably like a Ron Artest fan. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, oh man, I love Ron Artest, man. You probably, you probably sided with Shaq in the Kobe argument. That's how you. Nah, That's... I was Kobe guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you were a Kobe guy. You're a Duke guy. That's how they work. They're hand in hand, it's all hand in hand. It's all the same thing, but that's fun. It sounds like a great time. L.A. sounds pretty dope. Like I said, never been there, but I've heard good things. And Lakers game, I mean, in in at Staples, do they play? Is it still called Staples? It's not called Staples anymore. I think it's like Crypto Arena. I could be wrong about that. I oh, know, it is. It is. Crypto it's still Arena. the same venue. I'm calling it Staples. Yeah, it's still definitely else. Staples. But that's dope. That'll be a good time Um, for the Steelers. Their fans had a much less exciting week than yours will be. Matt Canada news has dropped. He is here to stay. That was confirmed. I had that confirmed by the Steelers as well. 
no no uh no changes in 2023 from my understanding and what i have gathered from different sources there was never a plan for him to go anywhere do you believe that or do you think that's just a little bit of talk um after it took a week and a day for the announcement to come out I don't know that there wasn't ever any discussion, uh, but I do think that this was a expected move from the organization. I definitely agree with that. I don't, I don't know that he was as in danger maybe as a lot of um, maybe the fan base or like the media kind of maybe wanted to um, assume. And I think that that's, you know, now that that's put to bed, I mean, it's one of the bigger offseason questions for the Steelers is who's going to be calling the offense. Um, now that we have that information, you know, we can kind of proceed to other, you know, more important uh, avenues through free agency, the draft, all that stuff. As we begin to construct the rest of this offense. Do you, uh, you tweeted out, you went on a little bit of a Twitter rant yesterday when the news <laughs> broke. You you weren't a happy camper. What what were your thoughts? What do you break that down for us? Look, here, here's the thing. I I want to make this very clear. Okay. I want the Steelers to win. All right, that, that's that's what I want to see. I want the Steelers to win, but I sometimes get in a little bit of trouble on Twitter because here's what happens. I am a honest person, yeah. and I give you the good, bad, and different in all situations. Um, I just don't do the whole, like, the organization's doing this, so it automatically means it's the best thing. I mean, I just that's just not me. I've never been like that. I wasn't like that before I started, you know, with you guys at all Steelers. Um so yeah, I think it's a terrible. I think it's a terrible decision. I really do. I think it puts a very hard ceiling on the offense next year, which in fact puts a very hard ceiling on the team. Uh, it's not a surprising decision, uh, but it's a disappointing one. And like one of the things that I pointed out last night, um, and I'll just kind of go through kind of some teams. But you know, the Steelers finished twenty third in points per drive last year um, in a rebuilding season. Whatever you got some you know quarterback changes, whatever. But you look at the teams that finished below them. Uh, New England, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Washington, the Jets, the Broncos, the Texans, Colts. Um, Every single one of those teams fired their play caller, whether that was their head coach who was the play caller or their offensive coordinator. Every single team started over except the Steelers. So you guys can sit there and say, like, you know, have this blind optimism that we're going to turn this thing around. But um, I just there's not statistical real evidence that that's going to happen. Did the Steelers play better over the second half of the season? Absolutely. And if you actually for those of you guys that follow me on Twitter, y'all know that I was giving Canada some of the credit for that because he deserves some of the credit. My thought process, in addition to that, though, there are very real limitations to this offense because of how it's constructed in the passing game. They don't use play action. They don't use screens and they're not very good at either of those things. When they do use them, their deep ball offense is literally just go balls, which are Pickens caught 70% of those contested catches down the sideline. As great as I think he is, those are still 50, 50 balls. And there is regression probably coming even next year. Um, You look at the receivers, like just route trees, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, go ball, go ball, go ball, hitch, hitch. Like, it's just a very limited offense that doesn't do enough for its playmakers to get them open schematically. And I have a real big issue with that. Um, even if there was progression over the second half of the season, there's it's still not enough. Like, they were st- still sitting around, like, 20 points per game. Um, you know, and that that's just I, – I can't believe – I can't believe it. It's just frustrating to see, like – 
I guess so many in the fan base try to talk themselves into this move as a good move. Yeah. Like not as a, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. Like obviously, you know, us complaining about it or even analyzing the decision, we can't do anything about that. But see people, seeing people like try to talk themselves into this, like as is some like 200 IQ move, it's hilarious to me. It's, it's yeah. I, I have seen a lot of people try to cope with the situation. I think that's all you could do is it's what is it is. It's, it. it's copium. That's what it is. Yeah. You're just, you're just looking for anything that you could get. That's a positive light out of this. I, I tweeted out my, my response was positive. I said like, you know, it, it did progress. So you never know. Do you fall under the assumption that I saw, I want to say it was Kaboli tweeted out yesterday that Mike Tomlin was told Canada to dumb down the offense in 2022 and that we could expect a little bit more in 2023 he tweeted i think his tweet was like if he was fired what canada wasn't told to dumb down the offense if he stayed canada was told to dumb down the offense i mean that's all speculation yeah yeah, it's all speculation yeah it's all speculation i mean I, i do think that you would reasonably expect to put more on a rookie quarterback's plate in year two I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily a revelation um, beyond yeah. that. Um, I'm just going off of this is the same conversation really I had when Canada was hired as officer coordinator. Um, Matt Canada had a really, really, really great season in 2016 at Pitt. But if you look at his resume, <laughs> it is atrocious. We he bring consistently, this up all the time. I know he consistently falls up into positions. and I do not understand it. But like, that's the thing with me is, um, you can spin this however you want, but like when you're a head coach or, you know, a play caller, office coordinator, and you've got a dozen years long resume and there's nothing to point out any level of sustained success, mm-hmm. I have a hard time getting on board. And this is why, um, speaking of Tomlin, and I no doubt think that you know this was not probably Tomlin's 100% decision on his own I'm no, sure no. that there Rooney um, was involved 100%. I'm sure that there are definitely definitely other voices um in the room it's just to me this is where I get a little frustrated when we start having celebrations and stuff on social media about Aiden you know not having losing seasons yeah um and you know I gave Tomlin a ton of credit for that turnaround I think like he's it's why I say all the time he's probably the best or one of the best floor raisers in professional sports. And what I mean by that is like Tomlin is going to get the absolute, you know, he's going to get everybody to buy into every single week, every single game, and they'll keep fighting no matter what. And they stay together and I fight through adversity. And you have to appreciate that. But I just, this is what frustrates me because you get into the habit of having these eight, nine win seasons, and then you just stay there. Like, I don't yep. know how you can look at this offense, even as even how it played in the second half of the season, and say, hey, man, we can go toe-to-toe with Cincinnati. We can go toe-to-toe with Buffalo. We can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City. We've had examples over the last two seasons. You know, the la- three, of the last time, three of the last four times they played Cincinnati, they got blown out. Buffalo blew them out the water this year. Kansas City blew them out the water twice last year. Yeah. Like we know that, you know, isn't it, to me, it's just like, isn't the goal still to compete? Like I understand they've been in a soft rebuild the past two seasons, but you got all the offensive pieces on offense in place. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Like TJ Watt in his prime, Cam Hayward at the very, very tail end of his prime. He's hanging on for dear life, uh, fighting Father Tom. Minka Fitzpatrick in his prime. Why are you not trying to win right now? That's I just I can't I just I can't understand the logic behind it. I really can't. I don't either. I think that I look at it and this is a good transition into the next thing is that I I think that they somehow in their heads believe that 2023 is like a significant jump with everything that they just I think that Tomlin. And again, I, I like like you, I don't believe that it was just a Tomlin decision, but I think Tomlin had his hand in there. I think Rooney had his hand in there. I think Omar Khan had his hand in there. And I think all of them somehow believe or have slightly convinced themselves that it was the talent level that has held back Matt Canada the last two years, not Matt Canada, that it was his inability to work with Ben Roethlisberger. And then they blame that on Ben Roethlisberger because he, he had to retire and he's made it pretty known that he wanted to come back and that, you know, it wasn't he wasn't really accepted to come back. I would imagine Matt Canada played a role in that. And then this year it was, oh, well, you have a rookie quarterback, and before that you had a quarterback that you couldn't rely on. It's a new group, new offensive line. Uh, your running back was hurt most of the season. You got new wide receivers. Your defense was starting to click late in the season. Like, I think that they look at the whole grand scheme of things, and in their heads they're going, well, 2023 should be significantly better. What I don't think that they get is that you don't get significantly better in the NFL unless you make moves. That's how that works. Nobody just gradually becomes this phenomenal group of football players overnight. Not in the NFL, you know? And and like you said, it it is a soft rebuild. I get it. But why would you not want to top that soft rebuild off with a play caller that you're like, well, this guy is definitely going to win. Like, it's not like it's, it might win. It's like, oh, this guy could definitely win for us instead of some question marks. Um, I, I look at this and I might have a, a theory that you might not agree with, but I think the Matt Canada decision, just like I like, just like I talked about, means that there are going to be almost no changes to this offense in 2023. I'm talking, I would expect Dan Moore to be the starting left tackle, Kevin Dotson to be the starting left guard. I think that they're going to look at the group and just say, well, we'll give it one more year and see what happens, which is a total waste of time. But I think that's how they view this situation. Yeah. Just one more thing, because I thought about this before we hopped on. One more thing. There's this idea out there that like the Steelers don't want to necessarily stunt Kenny Pickett's like growth over the second Uh, half of the season. The worst theory (laughs) because of Matt Canada. Okay, here's the deal. We talked about this every week on this show. Did Kenny Pickett play better in the second half of the season? Absolutely. And there is na- there was natural progression um, with, you know, his development. And yeah. I absolutely think that that's, you know, worth noting. And you can give Canada some credit for that, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about a post-buy improvement of 6.4 yards per attempt, five touchdowns, <laughs> one pick, an 84 passer rating. You know, he was the underlying metrics are definitely better than that. And I think that the film says he was a little bit better than that, too. But let's not act like he was out here just lighting the world on fire. I mean, 
the, the offense was what it was, and it was consistent enough to sustain drives and stay on the field and milk clock, but they still weren't overly productive. And, like, there's this idea, too, that, well, like, if you put him with a new play caller, he's guaranteed to regress. We have what? a gazillion – we have a gazillion, like, examples of that not being the case. I'll just no. give you – I'll give you one notable one, okay? And then I'll get – well, recently, we can look at Trevor Lawrence from this past yeah. season. Lawrence yeah. was – I know Lawrence, I'd say this all the time. Lawrence is a different level of prospect than Kenny Pickett. Yeah, but, but it doesn't matter. Lawrence, Lawrence had a historically bad rookie year mm-hmm. under a really bad coaching staff. Mm-hmm. What happens this season? They go out. They get Doug Peterson. Boom. All right. He takes off. Lawrence already a top 10 quarterback in the league. You look at guys even like maybe in the same tier of prospect as Kenny Pickett. Daniel Jones. They go out. They get Brian Dable. They go out and get Mike Kafka. Those guys are going to be in the – running for getting coach of the year awards jones has taken noticeable improvement to the point where he's probably going to get a contract and get paid a little bit this offseason and then you look at other guys like in the past jared goff so jared goff has a historically bad rookie season under john Russell. they come in the next season sean mcveigh comes out and i know everybody's gonna say well you can't hire you won't get a sean sean mcday level guy because you got mike tomlin i'm not saying anything about the head coach mcveigh has had a ton of influence on golf's career but you look at the assistants that are on that staff, Zach Taylor, current Bengals coach. You look at their offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, current Packers coach. Yep. There is a path to constructing a good coaching staff around a young quarterback that can aid in their development. And yep. the Steelers are not doing that. So I obviously have made my thoughts on Kenny's ceiling. And that's has been one of my bigger concerns about where this is going to go long term. But I think that they are doing him a huge disservice settling for this sort of environment. And that that's that's all I'll say about it. Because we're going to end up – here's what's going to happen. We're going to end up in the same situation next offseason. Everybody's going to say, we got to move on. we got to get better. They're going to move on. And then everybody's going to say, well, this is a this is a transition year for Pickett. He's got a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, it's yeah just, exactly. You're that's delaying what I'm saying. the you're inevitable. That's you're, what you're delaying doing. the inevitable. That's exactly what you're doing. And just to touch on your points there about – I mean, first the defense. Yeah, you could say you could say, oh well, yeah, the offense was holding on to the ball. They were scoring more points. They were winning games. Yeah, that is very true. They also weren't giving up thirty points, twenty four points, thirty eight points. You know, thirty five points, thirty seven points. They they the defense played significantly better in that second stretch. The talent that they played was also not as good in that second Terrible. stretch. Terrible. Terrible talent in that second stretch. Uh, Kenny Pickett did play better, but the offense didn't look good until the last drive of the game every single time outside of Najee Harris. That's not what you're looking for. And you're spot on. Like, what do you like? I think that and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think that to a degree, Mike Tomlin and Rooney and them are not looking for a superstar offensive coordinator because they don't want to lose it, that they want somebody who will be here for five to 10 years instead of somebody that'll be here for one to two years and then leave. And then they have to do it all over again. And they realize that Canada will never get a head coaching job so that he could stay here. And he's, he's a candidate to be a long-term offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, like I said, um, have, well, having said all of the things we've, we've talked about, I still think that there is a path for the Steelers with a positive offseason yeah, to still 100%. making the playoffs next year. It's yeah. just, to me, it is all about maximizing this rookie window that you've got with a cheap quarterback on a cheap contract yep, um, and putting him in the best best environment 
to succeed. And that's that's really what it's about to me. And I understand that other people may disagree with that philosophy. But um, to me, I just I think it's an absolute um, it's a disappointing um, decision to make because, you know, they can still make the playoffs next year. I still expect growth from the offense. I think that they 100 percent could be an average offense next year. Oh, yeah. uh, even if, you know, I do I do kind of think that they are going to upgrade one of the spots on the line. They might get a, you know, they're probably going to add another weapon. I, I anticipate them getting a receiver in the first couple of rounds of the draft. But that's the thing, too. Like with Canada, this is how this decision kind of has a trickle down effect. You look at the receivers um, in the draft. It's a really slot heavy receiver class, right? A lot of guys who could play out in the slot. We talked all to all the time on Twitter about like, oh, like everybody wants Jordan Addison. There's a yeah. lot of other good slot receivers. You look at Josh Downs from North Carolina, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. All these guys are probably going to be in the range for the Steelers to grab between 17 and 32. Um, but why would you invest that have a pick when you've seen Canada's office the last two seasons with proven NFL receivers? Yeah, exactly. Juju Smith-Schuster. Chase Claypool. We've had limited exposures over a course of a season or at least, you know, games where we've seen those guys be the least productive they've ever been as pros. Yeah. So um, that's my thing, too, is like how this should should affect their draft um, strategy with Canada coming back. My thoughts on if they took a receiver in the first three picks, it's not my preferred thing, but I'm good with it because I think that there are good players to add to the roster and uh, giving your rookie quarterback more weapons is a great thing in this scheme. Now I'm a little more like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. Now I'm probably going to be more disappointed with that. Even if the long-term outlook for those players could be better because, you know, even if it's just a one-year stock cap thing. Yeah. But if, even if it is a one-year stock cap game, th- stock cap thing, think about it. Juju Smith Schuster left and made it very known that he was being underutilized in the slot. Chase Claypool left and made it very known that he's being being underutilized in the slot. You're just going to bring somebody in and piss them off for a season and say, hey, welcome to Pittsburgh. I know you're a rookie. Let's add a little bit of drama to the mix because we don't already have that in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. It's not like Steelers fans just let their wide receivers just do their thing and don't make noise about them. They always have a spotlight on them. I think that's a terrible idea. I agree with you. Um, do you fall under the notion, like I said, that you think anything else is going to change? I think that they're, they are going to stay, stay as stalemate as humanly possible with this offense and just give it one more year and then realize how bad they messed up because they're just slow. They're slow learners. Mike Tomlin, you could give him all the credit in the world for a lot of things. The dude is the worst when it comes to recognizing his mistakes and moving on from them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from a personnel standpoint, I still, like I said, I anticipate either a new starter, a left guard, left tackle, and I anticipate a new slot receiver. Those, those, those things to me are going to be the bigger, the biggest changes. Really, if you look at the infrastructure that's already in place, um, they've got a good base already. I mean, they have, yeah. you know, a, a wide receiver one in Johnson, Pickens, a, a ascending wide receiver two. Yep. For our move, one of the better receiving young receiving tight ends in the league. The offensive line came together last season, um, gelled because all of them played every snap um, yep. and didn't miss a game. Um, you know, Najee Harris, you kind of got your one-two punch with him and Warren. So there's really not a ton that you really need to overhaul. It's just a young group that you need to continue to develop and make sure that they're all trending in the right trajectory. Um, in terms of offensively, things that I think that we definitely need to see more of um in terms of where to take this thing to the next level 
Um, they need to figure out some sort of way to get some type of play action passing game. Like, I think that that's, yeah. that's probably the easiest. Maybe just solution. try it. I think if they just tried it once, yeah. I mean, could, just, that would be enough. They're, they're 23rd in usage at play action last season. Um, and you look at that 15% of their passing plays. I'm not saying that you necessarily need to go out here and start spamming play action. You don't need to be Atlanta and spam play action on 45% of your dropbacks. But um, in order to work the middle of the field, in order to kind of find some intermediate intermediate passing lanes, um, it would be great to see them uh, lean on some play action stuff, especially if they want to be as run heavy as they were down the stretch. And then the second part of that, which this part is the one that I refuse to believe is going to be a thing next year, but they've got to find a way to hit some uh, intermediate passes between the numbers. Yeah, uh, Pickett's numbers were really, really terrible last season. Um Canada, I will give him credit. He did start working some intermediate concepts to stretch the middle of the field. But even when things were open, Pickett didn't hit them. Like, I'm just looking at um, a chart here between the numbers between 10 and 20 yards. Pickett was 12 of 30 for 211 yards, two picks, 36 passer rating. Um, there was some some really, really uh, – bad air mails from him down the even down the stretch when he was playing better so they got to figure out a way to hit the middle of the field um especially when you got big body guys like pickens fire move you talk about expanding pickens route tree um use that dude in the middle of the field like he has great body control yeah. he, he not he not afraid to go over the middle so uh have him run some digs for you some stuff like that some posts um but you know it is what it is we'll, we'll have to see what happens we will have to see what happens and one more thing on on the intermediate passes i think that some of Kenny's lack of success there was the fact that they didn't start using it until the end of the season. And just like everything else, he's got to develop. He's a slowly developed quarterback. You're not going to, you're not going to just toss that in there and just be like, okay, go work it out now. And, and it should all be fine. That's not, that's not how that's going to work. Um, before we move on to the last thing we want to talk about, did you hear um, that Kenny Pickett credited Brian Flores for his two minute drill success? That was a, uh, I saw the headline. Cool. I didn't actually hear what I didn't actually hear the interview, but I saw the headline. I thought that was pretty cool. What what did he what exactly was he yeah, saying? So he talked a lot about it. Like he uh he said that him and Flo would talk during the two minute drills, like after the two minute drills and break things down, how linebackers were supposed to like what they would be looking for, what defensive backs would be looking for, the whole nine. And then it actually got to a point where like this was all throughout the season, all throughout training camp, and then it actually got to a point that during the season when somebody would have a good two minute drive in a primetime game or something, Flo would actually text Kenny and be like, Hey, did you see that? And then they would walk through that, like through text messages as they would go. That's I just really thought cool. that was, yeah, right. That's a pretty cool thing. Like, like you don't realize the impact of Brian Flores until small things like that come out. And you're just like, this guy really is as good as, well, this, as this advertised. This goes back to reinforce what we just talked about 100%, building, 100%. building a strong coaching staff as it, it has its benefits. I promise yep. it has its yeah. benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes with Pittsburgh, you don't get that. Um, even right, the last... ones, even the ones you might not, you know, might not realize like Flores, like probably no one even hinted at the fact that he might help pick his development. You know, you're, we were no. talking about whether he was going to resurrect Devin Bush's career. That's what we yeah. were talking about. We're talking about. Yeah. And he did something Kenny way Pickett. more significant. Yeah. 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 He, he literally helped the next franchise quarterback, which is way bigger than an inside linebacker that didn't pan out a hundred percent. It is. It is. That's, it's very true. It's a very good point. All right. Last thing I want to talk about, which is, remains with the coaching staff. 
Uh, Jim Schwartz headed to Cleveland to be the defensive coordinator, a job Brian Flores could have gotten. Very excited that he didn't get because for two reasons. One, I expect Flores to get a job somewhere in a pretty big role this season. I actually think he's going to land in Arizona as a head coach, which I think is very deserved. Two, you don't want Flor. You don't want Flo in, in Cleveland. You just don't want to do that. You know, nobody wants to face that. You don't want to look at Flores that way the whole nine. With Schwartz, though, uh, he has made it known that Miles Garrett is going to be a monster in 2023. Uh, he said to the media during his initial press conference, I think it's, quote unquote, it's my job to give him some answers and to be able to give him some pieces scheme wise and personnel wise around him to allow him to be free and more productive. The bar is set really high for a good reason. Um, from what you know of Jim Schwartz's past in the NFL, is this a very dangerous setup for the Steelers and what he's going to bring to Cleveland? Yeah, I think I think it's a great hire. I really do. I mean, I, I'm still pretty um, Cleveland, like we said a couple weeks ago. Cleveland's got a lot of issues um, offensively. With that quarterback situation, that's that's the key for Cleveland. Their outlook next year, nothing they do matters if they can't fix Deshaun Watson and what we saw this year. Um, yeah. Having said that, though, Jim Schwartz, really good hire. I mean, I, we're talking about a guy that's an accomplished defensive coordinator. I mean, he's, yeah. he's succeeded at multiple different stops. Um, the big thing about Schwartz is um, he gets after the passer. In, in, and he does it with, you know, his his trench guys like he he doesn't necessarily need to always bring pressure in order to do so. So um, I'm sure Miles Garrett is really happy about that. Um, I thought your quote that you just read off. I didn't I hadn't seen that before we jumped on. But um, I definitely think that his comment about making sure um, the scheme and the personnel beside him is what it need where it needs to be. That's where I think Cleveland has work to do. Um, oh, yeah. He has gotten a lot out of interior defensive lineman over the course of his career like you back look back to i'm pretty sure he was in detroit with Andama Kansu. you look back to when he was in philadelphia with fletcher cox um so he's developed some big time interior defensive lineman that guy's not on the roster right now for cleveland and i don't this interior defensive line class for the draft isn't necessarily the strongest either um one name that I've heard floated around in terms of like a, a potential trade guy um, that could be available in the offseason is DeForest Buckner. That would oh. be a really good move for Cleveland to give Garrett because he's really never played – like Garrett's never played with a accessory pass rusher or like a – he's never had a Robin. Like the best guy that they've ever really put him with has been Clowney, and he's really – Clowney's more of a run defender than he is like an impactful pass rusher. So – uh, for Cleveland, I think that's probably going to be their next step is trying to figure out who that guy is going to be because I think Schwartz is going to want somebody in the uh, interior defensive line. I know they drafted Perry on Winfrey, who I liked a little bit out of Oklahoma, but I'm not sure that that's enough or they have enough juice um, on the defensive line, especially because we know we know Clowney's not coming back. So no, Clowney ain't going. Clowney ain't stepping anywhere in <laughs> that's uh, Cleveland for a while. Yeah, he's in the open market. They're not even talking to him. Uh, there are some names, though, on the on, on the open market. I mean, Fletcher Cox is set to be a free agent again. So is Javon Hargrave. So is Javon Hargrave. I know. I was going to mention him next. I don't think Steelers <laughs> fans want him to go to Cleveland. I think they'd yeah. very much so like him to end up back in Pittsburgh. Uh, Davlin Tomlinson's out there as well. I mean, you could find somebody. You could go grab a 36-year-old Nadama Kinsu in week 15 and then see if you can make a playoff run. 
you know, there's a lot of names. Do you think that that could be a route? You think, you, do you think that you could bring a Fletcher Cox into Cleveland and say, okay, this, you know, this could work even though you're 32 years old. Yeah. I mean, Cox is probably a little bit older than what, I, I don't know that that's the splash they need to make. Now, Hargrave, I can see Hargrave that. Hargrave is. Yeah. I can see that hundred um, percent. Do you think that I, works? Do you think that type of player works next to Miles Garrett? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, they 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 need a they need another dude on that defensive line. Like yeah. they they have good pieces. Like Cleveland's got pretty good pieces. Um, you know, you look at if Garrett Denzel Ward, the Ward we saw in the second half of the season, not the Denzel Ward we saw in the first half. Yeah. Along with um, you know, Greg Newsom, they got some young guys on that side of the ball that could really make some noise. It's just about putting the whole puzzle together. Like they have good starting pieces, but the puzzle's not finished. So um, they're going to be a team, interesting team to watch. Obviously, we'll we'll keep close tabs on them with them being in the division. Um, I still, like I, I tweeted this out even after the Steelers missed the playoffs um, due to that debacle. Um, that I'm I'm a I feel much better about where the Steelers are at even post yeah Matt Canada being brought back than I do about the Browns in the short term because I know. I know that the Steelers don't have a sinking anchor at quarterback. Yeah. If Pickett doesn't say Pickett doesn't pan out, you know, and he just he's not the guy long term and he's just, you know, a baseline starter. Um, it is one thing that you can move on from missing at a quarterback in the first round. Is that detrimental to like your uh franchise? Absolutely. It's not catastrophic. That Deshaun Watson deal, because of the draft picks involved, because of the two hundred fifty dollars million guaranteed. That's a catastrophic thing. Yeah, it's and bad. just watching, just watching Watson's film leading up to the Steelers game a couple weeks ago, and then obviously watching him live and watching the film post game, uh, it's bad right now. It's really, really, oh, bad. it's very concerning. So, um, like I said, nothing Cleveland does this offseason, even if I like some of their moves, some of the pieces that they have, nothing really matters if they can't fix that guy. And that's what, the big question. What about what about the AFC North in a whole? You know, you got. It, you're you're worried about Cleveland, Baltimore, and Lamar might be headed towards a divorce. It's, I mean, the 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 Bengals are the Bengals. They're not going anywhere for a long time. I mean, is the AFC North about to get easy for the Steelers? Somewhat easy. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not really too worried about the Browns, to be honest. The Browns, no, no, the Browns. no, no. But <laughs> yeah. but if Lamar and and Baltimore's yeah. over, and that seems to be it, it doesn't seem good right now. I'm not going to say it's that not it good. Seems to be it's definitely in not good. Direction. Even if good. things, even if things work themselves out, yeah, it's not good. Now, the the one dude, the one dude you can't piss off in your franchise is the quarterback. Yeah, you Especially can't mess your with MVP that dude. quarterback. You can't mess with that dude. And like yeah. I, I know, I know Steelers fans don't don't hold Lamar in near nearly as high regard as you know everyone else um, for whatever reason. But um, Lamar, when he's in the lineup, the Ravens win seventy percent of their games. Yeah, and that's just that. The, the Ravens are really, really good with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Yeah. Even all things other, all things surrounding him, you know, the lack of weapons, you know, whatever you you think of Greg Roman, a very limited play caller, in my opinion. Um, you know, he he wins football games, and that's that's the thing. Without him, we saw what Baltimore was. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There was you nobody can say whatever you want about Huntley, Lamar man. Jackson. It's a lot easier to go play Tyler Huntley twice a season. Yeah, so than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so I mean the Lamar thing definitely. It's it's one of the more interesting storylines um, in the offseason. What happens with that? Um, 
does he get tagged? Are they able to work on? So, well, I mean, he's gonna get tagged. I mean, he's so gonna get tagged. Gonna They're not gonna walk, let him walk. But, um, <laughs> you know, does he get tagged? Do they facilitate a trade for him? What the haul? I mean, I would imagine the haul, in, as far as a return, would be massive. But can't you tender tag him or something? Isn't it like the exclusive franchise they, tag? They you, can, and that's can sign two first round picks. Two first round pick. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, what are you gonna ask for, Lamar Jackson? Off first round pick? No, you're giving it's up gonna, multiple. It's gonna be multiple. Picks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just for me, I mean, Baltimore's look, Baltimore's organization. This is why it's kind of surprising to me that we've gotten to this point, but Baltimore's organization is just so steady and yeah, you don't see things like this happen with them very often. Normally when they move on from players, it works out for them. Yeah. This is, this is something that I would not no. do. There's I would no not recommend plan. doing that. So, no. um, and I, I do also want to acknowledge though, like, I'm 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 very pro player and 99% of these uh things um even if they involve you know the team that I cover or root for but uh Lamar's durability there is some level of concern there that I do get it's not relative yeah. to him running because every time he gets hurt it's when he's passing um but yeah, yeah I'm not really worried about the running aspect of it but you know there are some durability concerns I mean when you, when you don't finish back to back seasons there's going to be some concerns there. And I think yeah. um, I get that from Baltimore's perspective. I, I wouldn't let that guy out the building. I really wouldn't. Um, but it's up to them. Uh, I guess I will be happy if he goes elsewhere. I'll just put it what, that way. Okay, but would you? Okay, because this was presented. I Stephen presented this to me on Wednesday. Would you be happy? What if he stayed in the AFC? Like, could you imagine Lamar Jackson on another team? The Baltimore Ravens, yeah, contender, maybe. But I think borderline contender with Lamar Jackson. He ends up in New England, contender. The Jets, contender. Tennessee, contender. Uh, Literally anywhere outside of Houston and Indianapolis, this guy could easily take a team to the the Super Bowl. Is that – and chances are he's going to stay in the AFC – yeah, I mean Lamar's Lamar has the capability of being a one man band on offense. That's I mean, what just I'm saying. Like, of, do you want him somewhere else, or do you want him in Baltimore, where they're never, no matter what you do, going to give this guy weapons? They're just going to give him a running back and say, "This is what we're here. This is what we do. This is who the Baltimore Ravens." Are. I think a lot of it, a lot of it, just really needs to come down to the play caller over there too. Like yeah. Greg Roman was the perfect fit for Lamar early in his career. This thing's run its course, though. Like, yeah, like as much as as much good stuff as Baltimore can do in their um, their quarterback run game, their you know running back run game stuff, uh, th- it's run its course. Like, we we need to go get a real offensive coordinator that can develop some sort of passing game over in Baltimore. Um, yeah. So, and and just see where Lamar can go with that. I mean, we already know he's. I mean, he's got an MVP season under his belt already. But let's just see what kind of passer he can develop into if we get a more functional uh, infrastructure for him. So I definitely, um, I'm cool with him leaving. I I don't want to have the same twice. I mean, the Steelers have been really fortunate. I mean, he's been there for five years. He's only played in three games because of injuries. And, um, you know, he sat out a game. And then the first, his rookie year, the Steelers played them twice early in the season, didn't have the same. So they've been really fortunate. They've only had to play him uh, three times. They've had good success against him too. Um, but I'm cool. If he wants to leave, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, 100%. You know, go wherever. Go play for the Saints. Go play anywhere in the NFC would be Chef's kit. You know what's funny, though? I know Steven. I know Steven, a, a Boston guy. But uh, it's it's funny, man. Uh, the, the Patriots passed on Lamar twice. Twice. 
twice. And now they're like favored. He said they're favored to <laughs> land Lamar if he hits the open yeah, market. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Belichick probably wants that one back. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, yeah, and that's what he said too. He's like, he's like, he's like Belichick always talks about how he loves a running quarterback. I was like, he went from Mac Jones or Tom Brady to Mac Jones with a really old Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer in the middle of that. That one doesn't. I just I don't I don't know where he's going with that one. Uh, that would be worse though. That would be like you could at least like Baltimore. It is what if he ends up in New England, that would just very much so upset me. Very much so upset me. Steelers fans can never. It just it's just New England. Nobody likes New England. Just is what it is. Is what it is. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk. And anywhere you guys get your podcast, check all of mine and Derek's work at allsteelers.com and make sure to check out new episodes of Steelers Draft Talk with Derek and Nick Martin dropping every Thursday morning. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.